today, well, we're in a sermon series at the moment called Faith Above All. Uh, last week, Emily spoke about how to have faith over your fears. And today, I'd like to talk to you about how to have faith for your future. If you wanted a kind of more detailed title, if you're into that kind of thing, you could go with how to fulfill the desires of your heart. And the first way to fulfill the desires of your heart is to trust the Father. Verses 6 and 7 of our passage said this, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Well, it's so good to be here at St. Mark's and kind of get stuck into the life of this part of the world. Um, and Actually, you guys have made us feel so welcome. We opened our door the other day. We heard this knock on the door and then, or we thought we'd heard this knock on the door and we, we left it and then, and then we went and opened the door and there was this pot plant on from someone in the congregation. It was just like, oh, we love this. And Helen, actually, her love language, my wife, her love language is pot plants. So, um, so she, was, she, she was blown away. Um, and you guys have actually made us feel so, so at home. And we love it here. I mean, who wouldn't love an evening service with pizza and Coca-Cola? I've just had a Coca-Cola now, so if I burp by accident, it's the Coca-Cola's fault, not mine. Um, but when we look back at our lives, um, Helen and me, we don't, this isn't exactly where we always thought we might end up. Helen can speak for herself, but she grew up in northwest London, and she never lived south of the river. And I've feel like I hear that's a big deal. I hear there's some kind of rivalry going on there. So this is a big deal for her to move here. And for me, as Martin said, I'm from the north. Um, I grew up in the Lake District, which is a beautiful part of the world. If you kind of think about Hobbit, like Hobbit land in Lord of the Rings, that's kind of it. But when I looked out of my parents' um, conservatory window, this was the view out of the back of our house when I was growing up. And it's gorgeous, as you can see. It's not, it is the north, but it's not always that cold. That's just, that was just one winter's day. Um, but now I look out of my window and I see cars, houses, planes, police helicopters. I hear trains. It's loud and busy, and it's very different. And when I look at the way I thought as well, the way I thought back then when I was a kid growing up is different to the way that I think now. And I think, and I hope that's because what I'm trying to do in my life is learn the wisdom of the Father and learn to trust the Father. And it's been a real journey for me personally, and it remains a journey. When I was 13, I went to a careers advisor meeting. I don't know if anyone remembers these things at school where you, you go and sit down with someone and they tell you about what future career you're going to have. I was really excited about this because I had lots of, lots of plans for my life, but I wasn't really sure which one to pick. You know, I had loads of different ideas, things that I wanted to be, and I had loads of desires in my heart. I was excited about lots of different things. Um, so, and I think it also meant that I got to miss some maths or English or something. So I was really excited to go to this meeting. And I remember going into this meeting. I, I remember it really clearly, even today. And I walked in with all of these plans, all of these kind of desires in my heart. And I'm sure the person, the, the lady who I went to see was lovely, but she was not that inspiring. And I remember feeling quite underwhelmed, to be honest. and thought, well, oh well, that's it life path has been decided for me. And, and actually, for 10 years, I carried on in that 
with that kind of trajectory, the, the, that meeting, the careers advisor meeting, set the trajectory in many ways for the most of the rest of my life. But I also followed something a little bit different. I kind of went with how I felt and kind of did the thing that, was, that, that looked the most fun or the most pleasurable in the moment. What kind of experiences could I have that would make me feel as good as I could in that moment? And I, and I lived like that for, for kind of 10 years or so. I kind of looked at my life, and it, it felt like it was leading to nothing. I wasn't really sure where I was going. When I was 23, I moved into a house um, and joined a church, and the house was full of Christians, and, um, and my life changed. I just kind of threw myself in. I thought, well, I've still got this faith. I still call myself a Christian. Let's see what happened. What's the worst that could happen? So I threw myself into the life in this church, and I... And as I got deeper and deeper into the kind of life of the church, I, I learned a new way to live. And I learned a new way to think, a new wisdom, if you want. In Romans 16, the Apostle Paul talks about the only wise God. And it, it was as I started to learn the Father's wisdom, I, my life changed. And it's taken me on an adventure that I couldn't possibly have imagined. This passage was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And what he's doing in this letter is the first part of Corinthians. He's addressing division. And here, in this passage that we heard tonight, he's telling the Corinthian church to think differently to the world. He's effectively saying, look, if you act like the world around you, you're going to tear each other apart. If you act how your leaders act, you're going to tear each other apart. And you'll end up being lying isolated, lonely, and this wisdom that, you're, that you think is wisdom, this way that you think is wise, it will lead to nothing. And if Paul was talking to us today in London, he might say something kind of similar. Look, if you act like how the world tells you to act, if you act how you know, your people in parliament act or your world leaders act, if, you, if that's the way that, you, that you're using for wisdom, if you're acting the way that you know that you should act, then it's going to make you feel isolated, lonely, unfulfilled, and it will feel like your lives are leading to nothing. Because what happens is that we take in loads of stuff from our surroundings. Like, you know, when you, you walk down the, the high street and there's loads of different shops and bars and cafes and restaurants and gyms and stuff, that in many ways what they do is it, it all makes you feel a certain way and think a certain way. And when you look at stuff on, on the internet, on your phone, on like Instagram or whatever it is, it makes you think a certain way. It makes you act a certain way what and what we're done as, as we read this stuff as we watch tv as we consume media in a way it hardwires us it changes our brains and we think in that way that the theological term is it disciples us but today our passage says is we follow this wisdom for our lives it will lead to nothing and maybe you're here today and you're kind of following what you think is the wise path for your life it might have been set for you in a careers advisor meeting when you were 13. You thought, well, that's the trajectory for my life. And you know you're impressing the right people or you're getting the right qualifications and all that kind of stuff. You're doing well. But you're looking for fulfillment in that. But actually, you feel a little bit hollow. You feel stuck. You feel like you're not going anywhere. Well, today, you can trust the wisdom of the Father to fulfill your heart's desire. 
Or maybe you're kind of living for the moment, you're enjoying life, you're living kind of moment to moment, trying to get the most out of things. You're taking things that make you feel good, you're going after experiences that make you feel great, chasing after relationships. But you know, after like a really big night, you wake up in the morning and you feel like your life isn't going anywhere. You feel isolated, lonely, insecure. Well, today, you can trust the wisdom of the Father to fulfill your heart's desire. Or maybe you had all these plans for your life, like fun plans, exciting plans, career plans, whatever it was, and in them you looked for fulfillment. And maybe the way of the world over the last two years, or maybe other things, circumstances thrown your plans up in the air, or it's got rid of them, it's, they're out of the window, they, they can't happen anymore. And you feel like your significance has gone with them. Well, today you can know that although circumstance might change your plans, his plans for you aren't moved, and he wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. The second way to fulfill the desires of your heart is to trust the Son, or you could say trust the way of Jesus, which at first glance might not seem that attractive. Verses 8 and 9 say this, None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. One of my all-time heroes is a man called Hudson Taylor. Um, Hudson Taylor, in many ways, shows this way of Jesus that might seem like madness to people today. He had loads going for him. Hudson Taylor had loads going for him. He was born in a small northern town, Tick. Um, he had a promising career ahead of him as a, uh, a doctor. But deep down in his bones, he knew he was called to be a missionary to China. He spoke about this call to China's millions. He finished his medical training, he used that, and he moved to China and used his skills to set up a missionary organization. And he, they cared for the sick, but they also trained up leaders, church leaders, to go out and to reach people with this message of Christ crucified on a cross, but risen. And they went all around China, training leaders, seeing people come to faith. But the really interesting thing, I think, personally, about Hudson Taylor was... Although he had some early success, kind of he, he was around 1850s to 1900, there was some early success. There were lots of people were trained up. Towards the end of the 1800s, start of the 1900s, there was something that happened in China called the Boxer uh, Re Rebellion. And uh, the people who took over China, they kicked out loads of these uh, missionaries. They kicked them out or they murdered them. And Hudson Taylor watched his life's work go up in smoke. And then he died. It looked like the church was dead. And for decades and decades and decades, nothing happened. There was little blips. But the church started to grow. And grow and grow and grow. And from that apparent dead seed, there's estimates that there could be up to 100 million Christians today in China. Hudson Taylor didn't see his heart's desire fulfilled, but we do today, and so do 100 million people in China. And this is one of the great paradoxes of the Christian faith, really, that in weakness there's strength, that in death there's life. 
that in the wisdom of God that just isn't obvious to us at first glance. So much so that the rulers of this world put Jesus on a cross. In that wisdom, there is life. There is fulfillment of desire for you and for me and for people who we might never meet through us. And on the cross, as the rulers of this age crucified Jesus, God's heart's desire for you and for me to be set free, to be forgiven, to have a fulfilled life was taken with him. And it looked like, for all intents and purposes, it was gone. But God rose him up. And as he rose, you rose with him. And this fulfilled life of Jesus was given to you and to me. Jesus' perfectly fulfilled life, if you call yourself a Christian, filled your life too. His heart's desire for you and for me was fulfilled in you and in me. And today, we're called to follow in those footsteps of trusting the way of Jesus, of trusting the Son. I said earlier when I was uh, 23, I moved to London and I spent time serving in a church there. And it was an amazing time, really. I met my now wife. Actually, we met on one of the teams. And we spoke a little bit earlier about um, how it's great to join a team. So we actually met on a, um, an, in a night shelter team. So we were cooking uh, breakfast for people who were spending the night in church because they didn't have anywhere else to, to kind of sleep. Um, so if anyone's after romance, join a team. It's a great way. It's a great way to do it. That's an aside. Uh, but during my time there, I, I kind of, I really enjoyed seeing this church grow and plant. It was amazing to see. But in my bones, I always thought, this is great. But London's huge. It's massive. There's like 8 to 12 million people who live in the kind of ecosphere of this place. And 8 to 12 million people don't go to church. So what would it look like if, if they came to faith? Like, I just had this burning desire to see people come to faith. After a few years, my wife and I, we moved to um, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, and um, we both served a church quite similar to this church here. It was planted from HTB, although a little bit later than 1987, um, and a little bit further away. Um, and I, one of the first jobs I was given to do was to look after our baptism services, um, and that basically meant find people who might want to get baptized and I grew up in the Church of England, so I was looking for lots of babies. And they were like, no, 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 no. No, look for adults who want to get baptized. I was like, okay, okay. Um, who, who wants to get baptized? So I found two people who were quite organized and one who you just couldn't say no to them. And, um, and we went around and we, we just kind of asked people if they wanted to get baptized. It turns out lots and lots of people wanted to be baptized the church was running uh, the Alpha course, and we run the Alpha course here at St. Mark's. And it's basically like a 10-week introduction to Christianity. If you've got questions about life or faith, Alpha is the place to bring those questions. And we were running the course all the time. And there was people coming off this course who'd come to faith in Jesus Christ. And over the year, we saw 40 people baptized and more come to faith in Jesus Actually, one guy, he came into our morning service. He was from a, an ethnic um, kind of uh, tribe, and it was illegal for him to convert to Christianity under the laws of the, of the country. 
Uh, he came into our service. So if he wanted to be a Christian, he had to do it in secret. He came into our service and we had a, a, a bear that would stand on the stage and do the kids' action songs in the morning. Not a real bear. Uh, like a, it, um, it was like a, a dress-up bear. Uh, the kids loved it. It was great. And, um, and he saw the bear doing these silly actions and dancing around on stage. And he turned to the person next to him and said, how do I become a Christian? It was amazing to watch. And I realized as I was watching these people getting baptized one Sunday that my heart's desire to see people come to faith was happening right in front of me. But actually, it wasn't, it wasn't really anything to do with me. I was just watching. We just, I was just kind of partaking in it. It was happening in other people's lives. And maybe you've got some desires. Maybe it's some, you want to see people come to faith. Well, today, because of Jesus, you can see those desires fulfilled. It might be for something else, like you might have, have this job, this career that you feel like has been given to you by God, and, you, and you've got all these desires for it, and you want God to use you in that job, in that career. Today, because of Jesus, he can use you. It might be at school or at uni or wherever you are. You might have these friends, and you want to see them kind of come to faith, or you want to be used by God. Today, because of Jesus, you can be, and you can see the desires of your heart fulfilled. Psalm 37, verse 3 to 5 say this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord and trust him. The, the how-to of seeing this happen is a kind of simple three-step process. Step one, commit your ways to him in prayer. That could be as simple as saying, Lord, this plan... I want to see it fulfilled. Amen. Simple. Step two, trust in the Lord. It's as simple as just saying, Lord, I trust you. And step three, do good. Step out and act. And hope and know and trust that the Lord will act through you. And you don't know. Like Hudson Taylor, hundreds of years later, there might be people who are blessed because of your tiny little action. Before Helen and I arrived here at, um, in Clapham Junction, we, we were praying for the church, and I just had this passage put on my heart, um, I think by God, I hope so, I don't know, um, and I just felt the Lord say that there might be people, maybe even here today, and you've kind of had these dreams, these desires for the kingdom of God for, for years, maybe even, maybe not that long, but I think there might be people here who've had these dreams in their heart for years. And maybe you've been in this church for years or maybe you've been around a little bit in other churches. And actually, recently, the Lord's kind of been stirring those desires. I wonder if even today, actually, as we, as we were singing that last song, it was almost like you were like, oh, Lord, actually, you did put things in my heart. And I've kind of, I've kind of pushed them to one side or I've replaced them with things that seem good. But it's not, it's not the thing that you really kind of put in my heart initially and I just wonder today if the Lord wants you to bring those things to him and say okay Lord I'm going to pursue them again I'm going to go after them again and I wonder maybe there's even someone here tonight and you've never decided to put your faith in Jesus and you might have this feeling in your heart and you just feel unfulfilled you feel like your life's kind of leading to nothing or today you can you can have your heart's desire fulfilled. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ. And the third way to fulfill the desires of your heart 
is to trust the Holy Spirit or be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 says this, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. If you call yourself a Christian, you can be sure, you can know that you've received the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and you can trust that Holy Spirit. You can trust that the Holy Spirit has put things in your heart. You can trust those desires in your heart. And so it follows that there's another wisdom at work in your life that you can trust day by day walking with you, guiding you. One of the people who embodies this trust in the Holy Spirit more than anyone else is the Apostle Paul, the man who wrote this letter. And one of my favorite stories of the Apostle Paul is from Acts 19. And you can kind of go away and read it if you'd like in your own time. But I'll kind of paraphrase it. So this is, Paul goes to a town, a city called Ephesus, which is in modern-day Turkey. And it's like an urban center. It's like a strategic center. People would have gone there for kind of work, for pleasure, for interest. They'd have gone there for education. And it had all these roads leading off into the interior, inland into Turkey. It was like a strategic hub city in the Roman Empire. And Paul went there, and he finds a group of Christians. It says about 12, probably 12 families or something like that, so not many, less than there are people in this building today. And he finds them, and he lays hands on them, and he prays for them, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And with that group, he plants a church right in the middle of Ephesus. And if you trace, there's this like throwaway line. In Acts 19.10, that says, This went on for two years so that everyone who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. If you trace the history of the church in Asia, so modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor, it has its roots in Ephesus. Paul used these roads to send missionaries out around that part of the world. And the church grew in that part of the world because of the work that the Holy Spirit did in 12 families 12 people plus a few others. It spread around. Before I um, started at St. Mark's, I had to do uh, a job interview. I had two job interviews, actually. It was great. Um, It was very nerve-wracking. And um, I thought I should probably do some research about this area. And this is actually one of the things that, for me, made me just think, oh, that would be a great place to be. I kind of I'm a bit of a geek, so I, I looked up the train station just up the road, Clapham Junction, because um, it really, it's really close to the church. And I, I did a little bit of research on it, and I found out it's said to be the busiest station in Europe. 100 to 180 trains every hour, 2,000 trains a day, and that equates to about 430,000 people going in and out of Clapham Junction every day. And if you look at the train lines, they go all around this part of not just this part of London, it's all around this part of England. They go, they go up, out into the city, they go down to the coast, they go everywhere. Strategically thinking, this is like the best place to have a church. And there's a message that can be carried by people along those train lines in the same way that there was a message thousands of years ago that was carried along these roads and highways when the Holy Spirit fell on a group of people. Can you imagine what would happen when the Holy Spirit might, if the Holy Spirit might fall on a group of people in a similar part of town, like here, today, 
what impact it could have, not just in this little kind of pocket of London, but around the country, around maybe even the world. So today, if you feel a stirring in your heart, like God's kind of rumbling something, why don't you act on it? If you feel like, like there's these desires in your heart that have been suppressed, why don't you let them come to the surface and act on them? Who knows, it could be as simple as just inviting someone along to church on a Sunday or inviting someone to Alpha. You don't know the impact it could have.